Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannon. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're listening today. I just want to start by saying thank you to those who showed up last week. Heck yeah. To our 100th episode. I also kept saying, I remember OLPH is where mm-hmm. we were at, but that did stand for Our Lady of Perpetual Hops. Yes. Not help, yeah, as we in the Catholic we Church weren't community. At the church. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we were at a bar. <laughs> yeah, but we had a good time. Um, set up our equipment down there. It was a lot of fun. Just recorded a real quick episode last week to finish out the You Have Permission series that yeah. we've been in. And uh, yeah, we we just chilled with a few friends, had good conversation afterward. And if you weren't there, I enjoyed that. um, I am going to say that you missed out and I wish you were there. Yeah. (laughs) You missed out at least on uh, people watching. Oh, yeah. Because the uh, I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over it. Right next to it. The smallest looking guy, not the smallest, he was tall, but not as jacked. This dude was beating all the guys that had arms that were huge. Yeah. It has to have, like, it has to be with like the leverage he has, maybe longer forearms or something. It was mind-boggling. Technique. Technique. Yeah. Yep. It's good stuff. Yeah. No, awesome. But I, it, I enjoyed the conversations after the recording, by the way. So yeah, yeah. thank you for those that showed up. Appreciated yeah. it. Yeah. It was awesome. I do want to say too, if you haven't left a review already, we would love to do hear it. from you. Um, also, if this podcast has blessed you this past year, or maybe just a specific episode, why don't you go ahead and text that to a friend? And begin a conversation around it. That is why we started this podcast, to yes. just be a resource to you and the people you do life with. Heck yeah. So do it. Leave a review. All Go right. give us stars. Love it. Share so question it. of the week. So yeah. we are approaching Christmas. It's happening this Sunday. Crazy. And yeah. It, like this year, I don't know where it went. It's like January happened, we blinked, and now it's December. So I'm just curious to hear from you, Corey. What are you looking forward to the most about Christmas this year? I love Christmas, just for the record. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Christmas, a close second. I am actually in Michigan at the recording of this, spending time with my family in Michigan, which I love and look forward to every, every other year we get to spend Christmas in Michigan. So we're doing it a little bit earlier, not actually spending Christmas on uh, or in Michigan. So I'm actually really looking forward to having Christmas in my house. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like every other year it happens, but we really haven't had that experience in our new home that we bought a couple years ago. And so just having a very chill morning, no expectations in terms of like nowhere to be. Yeah. We're not going to be hurried, not going to be rushed. Julie and I are going to make coffee because last year I got her the espresso maker that has been her favorite gift of all time. So we're going to make some coffee, chill, let the kids open some gifts uh, we're doing a, a, a much smaller Christmas this year, which I'm very glad about and very excited yeah. about. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. So Actually, excellent. we are doing a smaller Christmas as well. I'm taking my kids to Orlando um, and Universal in mid-January. And so we didn't go crazy with gifts this year. But what I'm looking forward to the most is, well, kind of what you just said, that Christmas morning, nowhere to be, waking up and just having a nice, chill morning in our home and yeah honestly i also love the few gifts that we have got our kids already and we might get them a few more we'll we'll see what that looks like but just them opening their gifts and spending that time with them and then just the day i I go to my families and my mom and dad's honestly i'm a big family guy and i don't have to be doing much but just in the presence of my family and i feel at peace and so that's what i'm looking forward to the most you're a good man 
Good band, my friend. Actually, I just want to thank you. I know a lot of churches do it, especially when Christmas is on Sunday morning, but thank you so much for canceling our Christmas services. We're actually doing a service Friday night, December 23rd. Our Sunday morning service. Sunday morning service. We're still doing a Christmas service. Still doing a Christmas service, but thank you. And we've done that the last, I mean, I think eight years. I think we only did it one year while I was here, maybe nine years we've been doing it. Of we cancel that service. We're also canceling our New Year's Eve service. So you'll tune in, yeah. tune in New online Year's or New Year's Day. Tune in online. Actually, what you're going to hear today on the podcast, you're going to hear very similar. It's pretty much the same thing, what we're releasing to our church at Hill City on New Year's Day. Yeah. So, so if you listen to this podcast next week, whenever we release it, then you get a little bit of a glimpse you of get a what double you're going to be sharing double on dosage. that Sunday. Yeah. So we've been talking about with our church especially around the Christmas season, December, our sermon series was called Due Season. Due Season is simply put when opportunity and preparation collide. God is responsible, we believe, for opening up opportunities for us. We are responsible for preparing ourselves to be able to walk through those doors when those opportunities arise. And we um, prepare for those by being disciplined and consistent, whatever area of work or whatever area of opportunity you're looking for we are responsible for preparing and being responsible with that. And so it's just been a really good conversation around due season. And we heard Mikey, Mikey preached a phenomenal sermon, uh, just talking about how to overcome or how to effort less. And she said the three ways to effort less is by reconnecting with yourself and God, set boundaries and recognize that you have choices. And when she shared that, that last one, recognize that we have choices. It kind of provoked my message, which was the following week, is talking about how to wait well, because we are all in a waiting season. Almost every season of life is some type of waiting, whether it is career, whether it is relationship, whether it is some of your passions or purposes that you think that you want to endeavor in. We, we wait. A lot of times, even when you look at the scriptures, which we're going to unpack a little bit, there were constant waiting seasons, most yep. often frustrating waiting seasons. And so I just talked about how to wait well as three simple things like embrace your season, redefine success, and care for your soul. Because at the end of the day, I do believe that that second one, redefining success for you personally, is so important to your overall health and mentality. Because as an American, we live in the American dream culture, whether it's conscious or subconscious. And that can kind of cause comparison, frustration. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I should be. Look at all these people that are about my same age and how accomplished or how much money they have or their American dream. And all of a sudden you can get really frustrated when you define success through the lens of other people instead of deciding what is successful to you and living by that standard. I think it does really help you um, wait well while you're waiting for stuff in the future, whatever again that may be. And, And just for the record. We're not talking about waiting for anything spiritually from God. You're not waiting for more grace. You're not waiting for forgiveness. You're not waiting for favor. You're not waiting for blessings. You are already those things. You are already full of grace, already forgiven, already favored, and already blessed to be a blessing to others. So when we talk about waiting well, we're not talking about anything spiritual. Yeah, Awaken to the reality that you already have everything. You're already full in Christ, but there are waiting seasons in life practically and yeah. Around accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you just brought out that we don't wait for things spiritually. Like we already have everything we need. Every spiritual blessing has been given to us already. And we have access to it through our perspective and through our mentality around um, 
thinking about what it is we're actually waiting for that we think we may not have, but we actually do. And so right. changing that mindset is, is so key in our life. And I think this week, as I close out the series, what I'm just going to be talking about without giving too much of it away is... Well, they'll have already heard it. Oh, sure. This, yeah, this is releasing next yeah. week. So just talking really about, um, you know, continuing the thought that you brought about with this idea of how to wait well and how a waiting season is never a wasted season. And we feel, though, it's a wasted season oh, sometimes. Yeah. And you said due season, the definition for it is when opportunity and preparation collide. And you talked a lot about pre- preparation and the discipline and consistency. But what happens when we feel like that opportunity never comes? Hmm. And what even is that opportunity that we're hoping for or looking right. for? What, where did that come from? Hmm. Because at the end of the day, so th- there's this verse, um, it's in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs, I believe it's 16, nine. And it says that, um, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord, Lord directs his steps. steps. Yep. And then there's another one and another translation that says in his heart, a man plans w- many ways, but the Lord's purpose prevails. Hmm. And many of us, we just want to seek after the purpose that we feel, or we think God might have for us. And we're waiting for something that we've dreamt up, something that was placed on us. And I think something that has been a little bit off because as you read through new Testament, as you read through the stories of Jesus, the ultimate purpose of God in our life, and people aren't going to be happy with this answer, but it is to simply love well, that simple. And that's God's purpose for our life. And now we can have many plans. We can have many directions. And when we say plans, it could be passions in our life that we love to pursue, that we love to go after. But at the end of the day, if you're waiting on some type of purpose, then you're not aware that it's simply to just love the people around you well. Hmm. And if you're walking in that, no matter what you do, that's why um, I believe it's Solomon. He says, no matter what it is you do, do it with all your heart, right? Jesus comes along and basically says the exact same thing, whether, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the key word in that is whatever, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you're waiting on some big capital C or capital P purpose in your life, then I really think that you're missing what the capital P purpose really is and what it has been all along from the beginning. And Jesus came to show us that it's simply to love. And if we can walk in that, no matter what season we're in, and sometimes it could be what we feel like a waiting season to the next place. And we're going to pick that up in the new year in this idea of destination addiction here at Hill City, when something is in the next place that we can't experience today. And like how that is such a bad mentality to have. But I really think that's what I'm going to key in on. And I Mm -hmm. think if you're listening to this, you can really um, hold on to how it is then you can love the people around you. And when you're walking that out. How it is you can love people. It makes sense now. I had to say it twice. Okay. Yeah. Because love is very broad. That's why I said that. But how can you specifically love the people around you well, whether it's your family whether it's people in your influence, in your circle, whatever that may be. Yeah, because, and we'll talk about this here a little bit later on this podcast. It's so easy. It's such an easy concept to understand. It, it is very hard to do. And it's, in my opinion, for me personally, it can be very unsatisfying because I'm, I like to accomplish, I like to achieve, I like to produce 
content. And it's like, sometimes I'll find my value or I'll find my identity in what I can do in the kingdom of God, rather than resting in who I am in the kingdom of God. And mm -hmm. I always have to recenter myself on a regular basis because it, to me, and this might sound terrible coming from a pastor, but it sounds so unsatisfying just to be loving, right? Like, oh, that's my whole purpose of life is just to love. Yeah. Cause I, like you said, God is less concerned about where you end up and so much more concerned about how you got there right. and the process yeah. that, that you went through to get there. Because yeah, what's the point of climbing to the top successfully in terms of like status or money if you damaged every relationship to get there? Right. And if what you brought up earlier about the American dream, if we contrast that with the kingdom, the two thoughts that are contrasting is most of us only worry about what we are achieving and we're not caring about who we are becoming. Hmm. And God really, I think, cares more about who are we, who we are becoming. I think God really, and I think you said this in a similar way last week, you said God is more concerned or cares more about how you wait than he does about what you're waiting for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so key in, in our waiting season when maybe we are in a place, again, you said embrace your season. That was the first point that you have. Um, it helps you to wait well. Yeah. for the next season in life. And I think if we can really understand it is really about who we are becoming and how we are loving. And and that's really at the end of the day in the kingdom, all that God really cares about. Yeah. Process. Process is so important. Learning to wait well is so important. In fact, if bourbon has ever taught me anything in life, it's this lesson. If you're in a season of waiting, remember that the best bourbon takes 23 years to make. Mm. And that's up for debate, but I do think that Pappy... 23 year is the best bourbon on the planet. There, there's some others that are up there. And I know if Kojin is listening to this, he, he's going to be highly opinionated as well as Teddy, highly opinionated about that conversation. But at the end of the day, some of the very best bourbon takes decades to make. And when so you, they say, so they say, <laughs> when you think about that process, I'm actually in love with the whole idea of yeah. process specifically, and this is going to sound bad, but I just love alcohol process. Like even you, it takes four years, I think, from seed to wine bottle in terms of like grape seed to, to wine bottle. That's yeah. an actual- And then when it's bottled, it depending on the grape and everything else, it could take more time in the bottle before you're technically yeah. supposed to- But a minimum, would you say it's it? a minimum of four years? Probably. Yeah. And when you look at bourbon, like depending again of who's, who's distilling it and whatnot, years from yeah. conception to you tasting it. And I just love- how that happens. I'm so boggled about how it even first happened. Like who how did thought they figure of, it out? How yeah. did they figure that out? Cause it takes years. This isn't like when you're creating something, it's like, Hey, I know we have to wait this long. And, right. and what's so funny to me is like the head in, in bourbon is like, if you drink it, you can, um, go like blind. before the distilled process, like if you drink it, you can go blind. It's like how many people went blind before they figured out we should stop testing, testing it at this part of the process. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. I, you know me, I'm not a big bourbon loving guy, but I do love the process of it and I can appreciate the process of it yeah. and the time and everything that you're talking about. Yeah. It just, it, I, so I love to do bourbon distilleries. Not, not because I love bourbon. I just love the history and the process and who did what and how they changed it and what right. they did to There's change a lot of history it. around it. Yeah. So much history and so much uh, theory. Um, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, t uh, tales, tall tales or something. Like, th there's still some debate about how certain things started depending on. Oh, yeah. Like folklore kind yeah, of folk thing. Yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite things, so my, the most uh, recent 
bourbon distillery we went on. Actually, you came with me. My parents came into town. I like to take my parents to bourbon distilleries, and they hate bourbon. Right. But they are also fascinated with the process. Right. Because I do think there's something about learning about something you know nothing about that is inspiring, yeah. and it's provoking. And then when I, I have a church lens, so when I hear of historical aspects from other things, whether it be bourbon or anything else, I, I view it through the lens of the kingdom. And so we went to uh, Stetzer Weller. Stetzer Weller, yeah. Stetzer Weller, I say yeah. it wrong every Well, before time. you go into this this story, I just want to like put this plug in here right now. Yeah. I will never forget this experience. Because my dad Stitzel almost Weller died. With your dad, because <laughs> yeah. I, like I legit for about five seconds thought like he was having a heart attack. Something was yeah. legit wrong. So did the lady that was leading the this tour. tour because she was like, do we need to call 911? And I in a split second, like I didn't know what to say because I had no idea. But apparently, yeah, he a little bit went down the wrong pipe and he started yeah, coughing he's not uncontrollably. A guy. And so when and we were doing the testing, yeah, it, he swallowed yeah, it wrong. And then, it was honestly legit. I was scared for, yeah. for don't, a few seconds. Don't you go dying on me, Darrell. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, yeah. He, so yeah, we go on this tour. But what fascinated me the most, and I might have shared the details a little bit wrong on the sermon that we are releasing on January 1st. But So correct me if I'm wrong when they were telling the story about Pappy, who brewed here, and at, at this time, years ago, he would leave his keys on the door, mm-hmm. and it was almost like this thing, whether whatever he was doing in his house, oftentimes it was part of the process of bourbon making, he couldn't hear, so he would leave his keys on the door almost as like an open invitation, like it doesn't matter who you are, what, you, what you're doing, or what you're going through, come on in because there's relationship here. Yeah. And I remember hearing this conversation, right? Because those keys represented, they didn't say this, but they represent hospitality. They represent uh, relationship, friendship. It's almost like the door's always open and you're always welcome at this the table. table. Yep. And listening to that story, I'm thinking about the church, right? Because it's like, holy smokes, like Christians, we should be like Pappy. Yep. The door's always open. There's always a seat at the table. Come on in. Let's have fellowship. Let's have relationship. Let's have friendship. Let me yep. show you great hospitality. And so I'm sitting there in this tour and I'm very open to this like spiritual aspect of it. And I do think there is a lot of spirituality in it because of, you know, process, learning to wait well. And and this specific distillery uh, distills Blade and Bow, which is a bourbon. And, you know, uh, Blanton's has that collector's item where the horses, uh, the top of the the actual bottle are are horses. Actually, if you didn't know this, they're in the movement. form of movement of a Kentucky Derby racehorse, which is super cool. So when you like collect all five, you can send them in. Like, or yeah. there's more. Yeah, Maybe six or seven or eight. Or eight I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, it's Blanton's. It spells Blanton's. So I'm yeah. not going to do the math on the, the words right now. But then they put it in this uh, really cool, like um, one of the halves of the bourbon barrels, and they they drill the holes, and then they give you a collector's item. It's really cool. Yep. There are very few bottles that have collector items like that, but Blade and Bow is one of them. And Blade and Bow has five keys, and each key is numbered one through five, and the fives are really hard to find. And you got to collect all five of these keys, and the keys represent two things. They represent the keys that Pappy left on the door, but they also represent the five steps of making bourbon. Really clever. It's all marketing. Right. But keys still, mean nothing. Yeah, tells a story. But as I'm, as I'm listening to the story, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so we had a conversation about this, and what we're going to share here isn't really a – a message for 2023. In my opinion, this is a message for your life. Yeah, it's good. Um, 
this isn't, I hate new year resolutions. We'll probably talk a little bit about that next week on next week episodes, as we talk about some of our highlights from the past year and what we're looking forward to, to 2023, but new year resolutions statistically don't last. I think they're like 94% don't even make it to February. And I don't know who comes up with these statistics or who's doing this data, but it sounds good. I know for me personally, I haven't really done a great job of keeping my new year resolutions, but I do keep my goals, which are a little bit different, but very much the same. And we were talking about, man, let's come up with five keys to a full life. Again, this isn't just a word for 2023. I believe that these five keys, if you start to practice them, your life will be full. Not because these keys are the the keys to unlock the purpose of your life, but no, because they give you the right focus. They give you the right perspective in your process. And um, yeah, so I, if you've been a part of our lives or a part of our church or this podcast, you've probably heard these five keys in some way, shape, or form because this has really just become a part of our lives together since 2018. I mean, you came up with a family code. Because of that, I came up with a family code, and they're kind of like the same way. So we got five keys to a full life. It's actually based off what Paul was challenging the church in Philippi. Right, yeah. Philippians 4, 11, he says this. Um, just want to read this. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry or living in plenty or in want. And then he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And yeah. so really it's about contentment. Mm-hmm. And I think when we get to a place, not of complacency, but of contentment, we really get to experience the full life that Jesus came to bring us. But it takes us actually putting in, I will say, a little bit of work to do these five keys or to at least walk them out. Not a little bit of work, a lot of work. We've been, I mean, they're simple phrases. (laughs) But I did say that too, because out of our series, Do Season, and, you know, even with Mikey, what she said, you know, how to effort less, but that doesn't mean there's not effort. Right. Yeah. We just get to effort less. And I think this is a part of that process in how to effort less. It's efforting from peace. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the position you're like walking out of not trying to walk to. Yeah. And so, yeah. So what are the five keys? Are we going to throw them out all five or are we going to talk about them individually? We don't need to unpack them much. Yeah. The, The five keys are this, go slow, be curious, do less, love more, stay satisfied. I can focus on a couple of them real quick, but go slow. I mean, the first four weeks of January last year, 2022, on our podcast, we went through John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It was right. a book that you and I actually read right before COVID, and then we went through it again in COVID. Yep. This has been something that has been literally practice of our lives for the last four years. It's not always easy. It's not so much about becoming so great at going slow. It's being aware of it and catching yourself because really just go slow is embracing your season. You have a phrase for your kids based off the B in Bannon. Yeah, be it's where your feet are. Be where your feet are. For me, it's this be present. I have the word tattooed B. It's all about being present wherever I'm in to wherever I'm at to be there. Like not just physically, well, obviously yeah. physically because I'm there, but um emotionally, spiritually, mentally, just being present with who I am. And that requires you to go slow because in our American society, everything is fast, Yeah. right? Amazon Prime. Yeah, we live in this fast-paced world. We actually just develop the habit and it's cyclical where we continue to go around this mountain of 
searching for the next thing. It's because we're living so hurried and so busy that we yeah. feel like we have to fill our life with something and we're always striving, we're always searching and we can never slow down and enjoy the season that we're yeah. in and embrace it. Yeah, you can't live a well, a well, you can't live life well. That's what I was trying to get. You can't live life well when you're hurried. Yep. And so, yeah, go slow, embrace slow living. The second one was be curious. And this is something that you and I, specifically around faith, have been really challenged by and really open to. And I think we've done a great job of being more curious, even challenging our church to be more curious yeah. in faith. But this isn't just a faith conversation. This is like being curious about other people's experiences. You might not be able to relate at all. You might have zero interest in what other people are going through, but they will feel that if they're having a conversation with you and you're uninterested in their life. Yeah. And you won't, you won't have any influence on people if you're not curious about why people believe what they believe, why they act the way yeah. that they act, why they do what they do. Right. What has their experience been, which yeah. really does shape, you know, why they believe what they believe exactly. and why they do what they do. And yeah. so taking the time to be curious, to sit down, be sympathetic and then empathetic with people. I think yeah. that's part of being curious. And what I've learned in the counseling world more than anything else. And it's easier said than done, especially when you can offer advice to somebody and it's good advice, but they're not willing to hear it because they're not ready to hear it. Most people just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. That's it. They don't want to be fixed. They don't want your advice. They want to be heard. And that can only happen when you're curious enough to just shut the hell up yep. and sit and listen. Love it. <laughs> What's Love number it. three? Well, the next one, I think it goes along with go slow, but it's do less. Yeah. And that's that effortless, what Mikey was yeah, talking about. Effortless. I think for me, when I think of this though, the, thir the first thing that comes to my mind is how I can be involved in so many things. But when I'm involved with, let's say, you know, 10 to 12 different things in a weekly basis, each of those things get a smaller percentage of me because I'm so spread thin. But yeah. if I get to actually do a little bit less, which basically for me means live more focused, maybe instead of 10 to 12 things, it's you know, three or four things that I'm really focused on. And these are the things that are going to be priority for me. And I'm going to just do these three or four. Could I accomplish a lot more? Yes, but it might not be accomplished as well as if I just focused on the few things that it might be in front of me that actually really are important. And as I'm doing less, I create more margin in my life and a life lived with margin is also a great place to be, be when you feel like you can actually breathe on a daily basis and not feel like you're so bombarded and overwhelmed by so much, man, there is no wonder why people today, especially, and I'm going to, of course, we're pastors. I'm bringing it back to spirituality about faith. Uh, it, there's, it, it's not a question to me why people don't care more about the faith aspect of what they're pursuing when it comes to following Jesus because they feel that feel <laughs> I said that really weird they feel their life with just so many things they don't have time to sit and think and contemplate and pray and seek out direction because they fill their life with so many activities and I think if we begin to like cut out some of those things and do less I think we would be very better served to live mm. a full life. I agree. Yeah. Do less. And to piggyback, do less is to love more. It's really that simple. Do less, love more. Maybe those are just the two that you need to focus on is doing less stuff that doesn't matter and loving more with the stuff that you are doing. Cause I mean, love more is self-explanatory, right? We just need to be people that love more. At least Christians need to be loving more. We should be the most loving people on the planet. And 
oftentimes that's not associated with us. And then last one, do you want to say anything else about love more? I mean, I think it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it can be broad, but I think I love that because you actually get a walk out how to love by following Jesus and what he's showing you specifically. Mm -hmm. And so whatever the spirit's saying Ooh, to you, personal. it might be something different that he's sharing with somebody else, but I don't want to take away that experience and that voice from your life. I don't want to be the Holy Spirit in your life. I think he can do a way better job than I can. And so listen to him and love how he um, tells you how to walk out loving whoever it is in your life. I love that. The last one is stay satisfied. And this is the one I struggle with the most, even more than being present uh, yeah. and going slow, is because like you were saying, you were talking all about this your capital P purpose, that, that might've been a shock for you. You don't have a capital P purpose outside of loving people well. Yep. If you're very passionate about something and you're like, this is my purpose, I'm supposed to get in, you know, it's always like the sex trafficking people, like I'm, I'm supposed to go and help that. And you might think that that's your purpose. No, that's your passion. It's not your purpose. Your purpose is to love well. And because you love well, you're provoked to go and take your passion to go help. But your purpose is to love well in that process. Uh, you think, oh man, my purpose was to be the CEO. I got to climb the ladder to become the CEO and start my own company. And then, you know, then I'll, then I'll be influential. That's not your purpose. That's a passion. Your purpose is to love well as you're becoming the CEO or yeah. already are the CEO. Yeah. And it could be specific gifts. Yeah. I believe people, certain people are gifted to be leaders. I think people are gifted to um, be better communicators sure. just because of their personality type and how they interact with people. So you can be gifted. You can have these passions. But at the end of the day, we are all um, or should be under the umbrella and the main theme of our purpose is just to love. Yeah. And honestly, so I said all that to say I am unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the purpose being just to love because as somebody who is a three in the Enneagram, I love accomplishment. I love achievement. I love producing. I, ju yeah. I just love it. And I, I do find a little bit of my identity in it and working on that. But it is so, you showed me, you know, um, what was it? The fruit of the spirit is the harvest. So oft, oftentimes we're, we're planting and waiting for a harvest, but the harvest is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are you living in that, in that field? Like the harvest is knowing God. And so oftentimes I'm like, yeah, it's knowing God and being successful the way that I've defined success. And it's like, no, you have to stay satisfied in knowing God and everything else is bonus and a byproduct but are you satisfied with just knowing? And oftentimes I find myself that I'm not, if I'm just being honest with that, that's, that's my work for the year, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Work for my life. Cause yeah, these are the five keys to a full life. If you can go slow, be curious, do less, love more, stay satisfied. I think that your life will be full in whatever you do. Yeah. I love that. And hopefully you were, were encouraged by that today. I know I was, as we approach a new year, not only is it Christmas this week, but man, in less than two weeks, it's going to be a new year. And like you said, these aren't necessarily things to work on just for 2023, like new year's resolutions, but these can be things that you begin to work on for your life. And it is an exciting journey. And I think you don't have to necessarily have all of these things down by a certain point of time. Don't put those kind of restrictions or requirements around what we're talking about, hmm. but just live from a place of peace and rest. And when it starts there, these things flow more naturally from our life. Absolutely. You're loved, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. 